So we've happened to come across an article here. It was dated uh, June 21st 20 of June. 21st of June. Mm. And it says uh, the FAA approves a drone delivery from the company called Zipline. Uh, the FAA on Tuesday approved this drone delivery company to operate as a small air carrier in the U.S. That's uh, fucking cool. That is cool. That is super cool. Um, so Zipline has contributed to thousands of medical supply drops globally, uh, announced in a press release that it is. Um, it had received certification. Oh, it had received. Yes, yes. Yeah, it is now authorized to complete the longest range on demand commercial drone deliveries in the country. Nice. Now, the drone company is the first to receive this air carrier certification under FEA's new Beyond program, which is an um, initiative to safely integrate Beyond Visual Line of Sight or BVLOS uh, drone operations in the U.S. So, uh, real quick about BLOS or BVLOS, uh, Beyond Visual Line of Sight. So, what that, what that means is like you have your regular line of sight, kind of like radio transmission or a laser. And it's usually about 600 miles if you're talking like military or commercial airline stuff. Shit, it depends. It depends on what platform it is. I know some that are 120 miles. Right. And so I would imagine that'd be the case for this uh, air carrier drone. Like who they're not going to fly 600 miles. I mean, I don't think they will. But and especially something carrying something like the size of a Amazon package, let's say. Right. So it'll probably be like closer to the range of like what MVP said, maybe a hundred some miles, maybe. Right. But the cool part about this is like, we don't have uh, me as the controller don't, doesn't have to see it or see where it's going. I can just say like, uh, go in this general direction via GPS or whatever the case may be. And they'll fly in that general direction and I can still control it. Even though it's beyond the horizon for where I'm sitting now, uh, as far as carrier services go, that's freaking cool. Because like I don't need to drive, drive and see where I'm going. As long as I have clearance, as long as I have a a good uh, signal or whatever is going to be uh, controlling this thing, and as long as I'm servicing an area within an approved airspace, like say I don't know a hundred miles, I can take a package from the facility and just drone pilot it over to wherever the destination is, have it drop, and then and then Bob your uncle gets it gets right out of there. So that's an, you know depending on. What, what the max ceiling of this aircraft is. And I don't even know how big it is. Maybe it'll stay here later, but I wonder if they have to develop a, a flight plan for each delivery. Now Ooh. I'm thinking about companies like Amazon, right? And how many shit gets, how much shit gets delivered on a daily basis. Imagine if that drones in and out 40 times a shift like that. You're following that many flight plans a day, or are they flying under 500 feet? So you don't really have to do anything. Or I don't know. Yeah, that's true. You know what's the? I'd, but you know what's interesting? This is the first zipline here is the first drone company to receive air carrier certification under the FAA. None of these other drone manufacturers uh, developed. I mean, I get most of them were were for the war machine and still are. But but you would have thought as a backup, like, hey, eventually the war is going to subside. Maybe we should start working on a carrier service now i'm not saying i'm the first to have that thought but i i was harping on that for several years hey why don't we look into carrier stuff or or high altitude 
satellite launching capabilities or whatever else, you know, and yes. pretty much, uh, uh, who are you, MVP? Uh, what's your STEM degree? <laughs> right. I'm going to uh, STEM this foot up your head. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. And I remember offline, you and I have had these conversations, like, especially like how you were pitching stories about uh, using uh, UAVs or drones to do like satellite launching and things of that nature. Because that would be the next plausible step for a drone once uh, a lot of them kind of use up their uh, service limit for, um, let's say, maritime or even military operations. And it, and as far as like, uh, what's the ceiling for these things? I'd, I'd imagine it'd be something very low because, or they have to have some kind of an approved airspace level because we're talking BLOS now where it has to have some kind of laser or some kind of uh, signal reception. And I'm depending on how strong these things are, they can interfere with other planes in the area, depending on how high they are from them. You know what I mean? Because um, mm-hmm. I remember there were some uh, remotely piloted uh, aircraft or drones where like they'd have to be allocated uh, certain bandwidths and they can only operate in certain areas. Like they, they can't be within so far of a distance from a, a commercial airport and things like that. I think that's why like the FAA really harps on personally owned dro- uh, drones. I was going to say droids, <laughs> but personally owned These drones. The personally owned droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, cause even then like people who owned the like, quadcopters and stuff, they have to get a license to do this, even though like they're nowhere they're going to be nowhere near a commercial airport or something like that. I want to say the license is up to 500 feet or 500 feet or more. But even so, like just for a, a for basically a toy, you have to have a license. So I'd imagine for something that's commercial, that's going to be carrying stuff. And they're going to be carrying it from a warehouse to say your residence under some kind of GPS. I would assume that, you know, they would have to have some kind of special permissions as well with the F with airspace and stuff like that. I would imagine it'd probably be somewhere no higher than a thousand feet if it could even reach that high. And then likewise, like say like it's carrying this, uh, the, this package or whatever at a thousand feet and it somehow loses it because someone rigged it wrong. And now your, your package is long darting into somebody's. <laughs> <Can> you, <laughs> I was going to say, can you imagine they got it in like a little launch pod, like a, like a hellfire where it's got to hit Mach three to arm itself and then, and then hit the dirt. This, you launch somebody's uh, JC Penny uh, purchase off this thing and send it through their window at Mach three. <laughs> you right. what is that? Oh, oh, yeah, that's just my package from uh, from Sports Illustrated. No big deal. Now, hot topic. Ma- you know, from hot topic. Why is it all phallic shaped? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and this one looks like a giant. Never mind. <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine, you know, like packages would have some kind of a limitation too. like it can only be so heavy or it can only weigh so much or it can't be anything that's going to get uh, damaged or produce some kind of uh, electromagnetic interference. I'd imagine. I'd imagine because I know things that are that, that are remotely piloted or have some kind of or rely on the signal. Uh, they're very sensitive to certain electronics equipment within a certain radius. So. I'd imagine most of these stuff would probably be like clothing items or like uh, perishables, like something that doesn't produce any type of EMI. Oh or something. my God. Can you get in a, imagine getting a can of goods dropped from 500 feet onto you? <laughs> Here's your beans, Carol. Make that casserole. 
thanks. <laughs> and, 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 shoot straight through the windshield of your car. Gee, thanks, Zipline. <laughs> imagine they, imagine. I mean, the picture makes it look like they have parachutes on it, but like, holy cow. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool to airdrop it. You know what I mean? Like you just see like this, like this stork package just come down like, oh, what's this? And it's your freaking whatever your order was from Walmart or some shit. <laughs> yeah. I'd ima- uh, I remember hearing a story about, I think it was 2019 or something like that, where they did an air delivery um, for pizza. I think it was Domino's Pizza or something like that. I can't remember the, the pizza service, but they did an, uh, a drone drop delivery with pizza. Uh, it was somewhere in uh, New Zealand. Go figure. It's got to be somewhere other than the U.S. because I don't think anywhere, anywhere in the U.S. would even allow this, but they did an airdrop with pizza. So like, can you imagine, man, like, Having that doorbell ring, like, hey, your pizza's here. I'm like, no, it's not. And then you and you call the pizza department and you're like, what the hell? Where's my pizza? And he's like, dude, it's been there. Like, open the door. And you see like this quadcopter thing just like just spinning its wheels, waiting for someone to open the door so it can leave. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it says cool. here that a Zipline sustainable instant delivery system is transforming healthcare. Oh, healthcare. Healthcare and retail. Uh, Sets uh, Zipline's co-founder and CEO. And today, on average, Zipline makes a delivery every four minutes, ensuring people get access to the products they need the moment they need them. Holy shit. Every four minutes? Every four minutes? It's crazy. Jeez. That's more than that 40 times the shift that I was mentioning. Yeah, no kidding. I'd imagine they probably don't go that far then if it's every four minutes. You know, uh, it says with our part uh, 135 certification and in close collaboration with our partners at the FAA, we are one step closer to making safe, clean, and quiet instant delivery a reality to communities across the U.S. Wow. I mean, I, that totally blew me away with like four minutes, man. Damn. We don't even make flights happen every four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not where I work. Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, it hurts. Uh, Zipline is already making deliveries with Walmart in the U.S. as well as with Toyota Tsusho Corporation in Japan. Sorry for all of our Japanese listeners for butchering that one. (laughs) Right. Uh, The drone company is also notable for its medical deliveries in Rwanda and Ghana, where it serves more than 2,000 healthcare facilities. It has delivered life-saving medical necessities such as blood reserves, COVID-19 vaccines and equipment. Oh, man. Damn. That's kind of cool. That is really cool, man. Like, especially, like, say, like, you're in an area that's not accessible, like, say, like, to cars or something like that. Kind of like with Cassandra, where she was talking about, like, if people need health care or they need medical attention, they have to get in a plane and fly elsewhere just to be seen, right? Now, let's say, like, uh, I don't know why, but the, the, the story of, um, was it Togo? Yeah, the story of Togo, like how they had to like uh, bobs or dog sled from one city to the other and then bob sled back with medicine. Can you imagine like how easy that trip would have been if they were able to use drones to help them fly it that way? You know, just like uh, what well, I imagine it would probably be just as hard because like the, they're flying in the middle of a snowstorm and shit. And then you somehow have to make it land where the, the bobsledder and their team can see it. But I'd imagine, you know, like it'd be a lot easier on the teams than to just go bobsledding in the middle or dog sledding. Sorry, bob. I keep saying bobsledding. They got a dog sled to wherever the 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 deliveries are. <clears throat> but even even so, man, like 
just being able to have access to medicine, for instance, like say like it's at Ghana and Rwanda, like I don't know how far they are from the nearest medical facility. I'd assume it'd be pretty far, but to have them delivered to them in the, in the cost effective way, that's pretty dope. That's pretty huge. <clears throat> so these things aren't very big. Um, I'm seeing a guy here holding pretty much the entirety of the aircraft in his hands. Uh, it's got a, it looks like it's got a pusher, uh, puller type electric, uh, motors with propellers, three bladed props that sit on a pedestal, um, uh, straight up off the backbone back towards the tail. Huh. So, so it's, I mean, it's not carrying big items, but I wonder what the biggest thing it can, uh, here. So here, um, so far, Zipline has flown 23,895,022 miles. Shoo. They've done 334,907 product deliveries. And they've delivered 3,260,438 products and 25 million serviceable customers. So they're, they're I mean, they're global. Damn. Now, the next question I would ask is for how much the service is going to be to have it drone dropped. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is that going to be extra? You know, once they start integrating this into their delivery system, like, is it going to be extra? Is it going to be less? Because, uh, uh, I mean, the pros I see of this is like, it's going to be easier to get your, get your goods and whatnot moved around. The cons I see of this is... um you know, the upkeep of the drones themselves, like the maintaining Being all the electric, there's definitely going to be less. And then um, I think a bigger issue would be once, if and when they start integrating this fully, you're going to get a lot of uh, delivery service guys who people who drive uh, the delivery vehicles are going to be pretty much out of a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless mm -hmm. like, unless they can somehow figure out a way to fly these drones and then somehow get certified to do them. Because I'd imagine like a lot of delivery truck drivers are going to be pretty pissed <laughs> once they find out like, oh, hey, you're you're not out of a job. And by the way, your replacement is this five pound robot helicopter over here. <laughs> you know, it's kind of neat. It's got like internal storage, a little bomb doors that open and a little square box that you would put in whatever the package is inside of that box that has a parachute attached to it. Huh. <laughs> imagine that. That's actually pretty cool. I mean, re to really think about it, like, I mean, just the idea of this thing, like, this is actually pretty neat. And uh, if you guys can, if, uh, we'll post this article in our, once this episode releases, and it kind of looks like, uh, almost like a Cessna. And it's like just dropping a box with a parachute, or it, it looks like a parachute, kind of looks like a yeah. kite, too. So, some of our military friends would remember uh, a thing out there called the Scan Eagle, about, about the size of that for any of those. Uh, even our Canadian friends would probably recognize that the Scan Eagle. If you guys have ever seen or heard of that, it's it's about similar in size to that. Looks like it launches on almost like a catapult style system, and and catches on a like a wire and it spins around a pole similar similar to the Scan Eagle. Oh right, yeah. Um, I, I remember seeing some of those like in the field when they were first showcasing this at an air show. At, at first, I thought it was a toy, to be honest. Like, 
the hell is that? Is that going to be like a model? Like you guys going to build like a bigger version of it? No, that's the thing. Like, is that, that's it? Like, that, that's the thing? Like, yeah. What's it do? <laughs> oh, it's got, got this, got this cool little thing over here. Like this top secret stuff. I'm like, am I, am I allowed to see that? Am I supposed to be looking at <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but yeah, that's all. But, but it's pretty small. I mean, it's big for what it, for what it does, but it's also extremely small for like just how, how compact it can be. Like I could, om- you could almost launch this with your hands almost if you really had a, uh, a decent like momentum. But uh, yeah, like, uh, like what MVP was saying, like these things would shoot off from like a catapult about the size. I can't really say what the size is. Like I can't really compare it to anything, but it has like this little catapult and then how they catch it is almost like you're trying to catch butterflies. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like the, this cargo net of a this volleyball court of a net and it just kind of crashes into the net so yeah same same as a scan eagle i believe yeah <laughs> um so it says to fly autonomously zips i guess that's what they're calling the aircraft or zips need to know their position and orientation at all times to a high degree of accuracy obviously standard gps is only accurate to five meters which isn't enough for safe flight operations or accurate delivery. So the solution was Zipline embedded a custom-built nav system that uses onboard flight components and relative positioning. Every zip can autonomously determine where it is three-dimensional space down to a single centimeter. Wow. Which means safer, more controlled flight at every turn. Hey, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty good, especially for the size of this thing. That's pretty good. Like, it's detecting the void is pretty up there considering its size, you know? What's kind of neat is like, you know, when you look at this thing, they have, you know, it looks like they, they're pretty easy to ship. Uh, you mount them by the, uh, the tail boom, so to speak. Uh, so the tail booms up and they're hanging in a rack like that. And then there's a, another rack on the back where, where you set the wings and the wings are all one piece that mount to the actual fuselage. And then underneath that wing is where all your uh, electrical components are. But yeah, they just come. Looks like you can put uh, one, two, three, maybe four or five into a rack. But huh. uh, it's pretty neat. That is really neat. And again, considering, you know, like how small this thing is, but also how versatile it's going and then the compactability. So I'd imagine, you know, the how do you say the the cost effectiveness of this thing is pretty, pretty wild considering like what it's doing. I mean, I'd imagine I don't, I, I don't, I can't tell what kind of materials this is made of. I'd imagine it'd be completely composite or some really light aluminum, just based off this picture here. But for yeah, for what it does, it's pretty neat. And then to have the systems as it have uh, the detect and avoid and autonomously, autonomously knowing where it's at, down to a centimeter. Shit, like most most GPSs don't even get you down to a centimeter. It's usually it's within this. Uh, Three meter radius, I'm like okay, <laughs> dear grid square, like oh fuck. <laughs> yes, yeah, it it, it kind of looks like um like those RC planes, like the ones they have at an air show. You know what I mean? Like uh, mm-hmm. like the ones that do, they just do tricks or acrobat acrobatic stuff. Now, some of those I've seen are pretty wild. Like, they got uh, full-on jet engines in them. They use gasoline or av gas in them. Like, geez, man. Like, this is one hell of a hobby. And then someone along the way is like, you know what? Let's make this a real business. Like, a legit business to deliver stuff. (laughs) Now, 
I would say for this thing, the uh, if this thing proves out right, I mean, it's it's already on par to prove itself because it's already certified by the FAA. But once this thing becomes more mainstream, you know, there's going to be a lot more companies that are going to be jumping on this. Like, uh, I'm sure like all the major uh, retailers are going to be are going to be on this. Uh, a lot of uh, like uh, like it already says like medical stuff, but. I'd imagine like there there'd be so many more uses to this thing, and then that's all you're gonna pretty much see in the sky. You're just gonna see like these little uh, remote controlled airplanes just zipping across the line, like within like I don't know a thousand feet, <laughs> just coming and going. Now, uh, I I would have a question for someone who's more versed in this kind of stuff. Like, how many of these things can you have flying in the same airspace at once? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> because I've seen uh, some uh, UA or some uh, hobby drones where, like, if they're within like so many feet of each other, they cause interference and then they can't fly together. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I mean, sure, like the the frequency bandwidth is is far enough where they don't cross into each other. But once they kind of zip, like, kind of mid air cross each other, then that's when they start kind of losing signal for a little bit. And and I'm sure there's like they probably baked some kind of a fail safe in there where like if it loses link then it's just going to kind of hover around in a circle until it finds itself again but that'd be a question i would totally ask like how many can we of these can we have flying in the same in the same service space we'll call it service space without causing any interference and then say like there's a bunch of them in the air and then they accidentally mix up the packages and they deliver it to the wrong house. What then? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it says part of their safety management system, they've adopted international aviation standards, taking uh, the best from the United States, Europe, and other places. Nice. Well, I mean, at least they're using international flight standards, which is key, you know? But... That'd be that'd be something to know. I, I I'm 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 hopeful to see this thing uh, integrated into our society, and then uh, even more so once these things do start getting integrated, you know there's going to be some they're going to start calling up for air quote mechanics to to work on these things. Well, they already are. Oh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, I know Zipline for sure. They're calling for people, but I wonder if like. Does it say if they're gonna have to be like um like AMP rated mechanics or avionics rated? Doesn't doesn't say that right now. At least not that I found. But it's um it's pretty neat, man. It's not you know you can big big enough to hold some packages, but light enough that you know one person can carry it. That is pretty neat. That is extreme. That is really neat. Now. For a lot of people who are interested or going into drone stuff, like this is your time to get going because, or even if you're just kind of using it as a hobby, hey, who who knows, man, you might actually land yourself in a career with Zipline or any of the major retailers once they pick this up. And I'm pretty sure they're going to pick it up because, I mean, whatever pizza company it was, I want to say it was Domino's. They were, they delivered the first drone delivery p- uh, pizza <laughs> in New Zealand. So I, I'd imagine I, it's, it's not going to take that much longer to. I mean, they they put some thought into this because this little drone does things that the big one, the big ones do. I mean, it, it does it does its own auto pre flight. 
Oh, nice. So like a it runs its own runs its own bit checks and everything. Man. And then like uh I've seen some of these where like they're they have like the iPads as a diagnostic tool and stuff like that. Like that's you're right. You're absolutely right. They really put some time and effort into this. Uh reduces admissions, uh quiet and fast. Uh the G- uh, you mentioned the GPS thing. Just Wow, I mean, I, I'm impressed. I really am. <laughs> and yeah, it's and, pretty, pretty neat. Like how much thought went into this beforehand. Yeah, and then imagine how long it took for them to do it too, because um, uh, most drone stuff that we know of or that anybody knows of is mostly military related. So they keep that stuff under lock and key, really tight. Like how they fly, what they do, what can, what they're capable of how they go about doing it. All that stuff is like very top secret stuff. We don't even know all of it because you like, all we know is whatever an air show gives or whatever the, the manufacturer. Everything's everything's compartmentalized. Yeah. So like, like the general knowledge base for this stuff is very tight. So for these guys to figure it out on their own with next to no, some kind of military ish uh, integration is pretty, pretty badass. And then for them to like just figure it out on a lamb and then get approval from the FAA, that's pretty huge too. Because you like uh, one of the biggest things with the FAA is they got to make sure that they have detect and avoid system, which is we've kind of mentioned this on two previous episodes how some people just straight up bypass that and then now their asses are in a sling. <laughs> so um, for a remotely piloted drone to do this and then to do this in the event of a connection failure, let's say connection failure that they can somehow figure out how to get to their destination on their own to a, to a certain extent, I would say that's pretty BA. Yeah, that's pretty badass. So, um, so, so for all those interested, right? So, uh, world-class benefits, they go above and beyond a team for amazing benefits. But the specifics vary by country, so keep that in mind. Uh, uh, Generous parental leave, generous vacation policy, monthly wellness stipend, monthly team events, healthcare, vision, and dental, healthy, delicious meals and snacks, and dog-friendly offices. You can bring your dog to work? Sign me up. Yeah, right. And and especially something like this. This is up and coming, so you know this stuff is going to boom pretty fast especially when they figure out like how to fully integrate this into retailers and other means you know this stuff's gonna get uh blown up pretty quick i mean Mm -hmm. uavs have been kind of like the way of the future for quite some time now and uh that's slowly trending more towards the present than it is in the future shit even nowadays man like they're already coming up with delivery trucks that are automated have you seen those too (laughs) oh yeah you know, I don't know. I've never, I don't know how far along they can go or have they used them in real time, like to make major, make some kind of deliveries. But, you know, for a fact, like if drones are starting to be more of a thing, then they're going to start trying to figure out how to apply this elsewhere. So for those of you guys out there who are very STEM related or very engineer related, or you just want to be A&Ps with a little bit more of a diverse background, this is probably going to be your ticket. So, well, so if you've ever wanted to live, in Africa, 
this is a pretty good thing. Otherwise, most of the jobs seem to be uh, engineering driven. All the stateside jobs appear to be engineering driven, uh, and they're in South San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> Only one of the most expensive places in the world. <laughs> it's either oh, some. Oh, and there's, and there's one in, well, might as well be San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, that's um, just just scan scanning through some of this stuff for you guys. Sorry if the seems like we're kind of off topic here. I'm just kind of trying to research and read this stuff for you. But yeah, yeah, it's either Africa or and that's Nigeria, Kenya, and the Ivory Coast, or South San Francisco. For now, at least, because these now, are the yeah. these are the places where they're trying to prove it out, and I understand why they're doing it. Um, but you know this stuff. If and when it does pick up, especially with this FAA certification, it's gonna explode. And then you know, sooner or later, you see them more uh, prominent in rural areas because, like, they're, what's their distance from one place to another? And instead of like having to drive themselves there, they just kind of do an order, and then someone just delivers whatever they need to wherever they're at, to their site or a place of business. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be huge. Now, eventually, they're pro- if they start figuring out how to carry heavier materials, then you know this stuff is going to get um, used quite often. Uh, A&Ps, there they are. They are looking for A&Ps. Oh, there we go. Hell yeah. So for all of you out there, you want to diversify yourself, try some UAVs. Now, I have seen like some people get real real um, uh, picky when it comes to, this U- uh, to UAV stuff, and I don't blame them because... Uh, I've hear I've heard the stigma too, like oh these these aren't real planes, they're just toys, they're just uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, remote controlled cars in the air and stuff like that, which is kind of true. But then if you really see like what they're capable of doing, and then what some of the ones like this one now are are all about, the essentials of aviation is basically there. You just don't have to worry about a pilot. You're just worrying about the connection from the plane to wherever your controller is. <laughs> I mean. But it's basically the same concept. I mean, a plane's a plane. What like um, allows it to fly is all basic. Is all the basic essentials. You just have more computer wizard stuff than you would a pilot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it says here uh, the drones can deliver products in about fifteen minutes. Um, most arrive in under thirty. They are capable of flying up to seventy-five miles per hour at a range of about ninety-three miles. Jeez. So there you go. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good considering how small this thing is. Uh, they carry loads up to 1.75 kilos. So, for all of our metric listeners out there, um, it's about four pounds. Yeah. Is that what One, it is? Yeah. I want to say about four pounds, 1.8 kilos. Flying 300 kilometers or 100, 190 miles an hour, a maximum of 50 miles. Wow. Pretty damn good. Pretty good. Oh, it's made out of carbon fiber. Okay, that's where that's where I'm trying to get at. It's made out of carbon fiber. I keep saying composite. I'd imagine compo- uh, some kind of composite, but carbon fiber makes sense. Wingspan of 11 feet. Wow. Yeah, 11 feet. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty neat. Uh, pretty neat little thing. Uh, carry some weight, but... Uh, in about 
says 260 to 390 feet off the deck. So yeah, it's not going above five. Yeah. And I'd, ima- I'd imagine it wouldn't just because like um, for the amount of weight it's carrying for the distance it's going and then the fact that it's remote controlled, you know, like they would have to have some kind of military-esque connection to fly above 500 feet. I would assume. I would assume. Right. For those of you out there who are drone experts, please like educate us on this. Well, or you'd have to have, uh, I mean, if you're FAA certified, you would just have to uh, submit flight plans. Yes, you're absolutely right. And on that if one. you're delivering something every four minutes, that's a hellacious amount of flight plans. Right. Like to drop off somebody's uh, hot topic T-shirt. <laughs> right. um, I can you imagine, man, like submitting four to 500 flight plans a day. I'd imagine that's not going to happen, but for, for a volume of that much, I, I wonder if they can do it in bulk, you know, just like have like one submission that like we have tail number, whatever the uh, R2D to XYZ. And just, it's going to fly in this area for like three hours until the battery dies or some shit like that, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And they just give like a manifest of like, this is how many packages it delivered. Here are the tracking numbers or whatever the hell, just so like, they can tell like where it was and where it's been. Or I wonder if you have like recovery vans just posted throughout the city. So if one does go down, you're on scene quicker. It can like um, almost like a full or fob operation, right? You you operate out of a van. You're, hey, we've got battery issues on this one, or we're it's going to have to go down. We're going to land over here in this park or this field. Go meet it there. Yeah, right. And uh, uh, pick it up and bring it back. Yeah, that'd be another one too. Is like, what's the emergency procedures for this thing? You know, like, uh, let's say that like it's having battery issues, it's having connection issues, it's uh, it lost its its cargo, <laughs> it dumped its cargo somewhere. We don't know how or why. Like, what do we do at that point, right? Um, the good part is, is at least someone's controlling this to a certain degree. But like, imagine like, say it accidentally dumps its cargo or uh, it shits a battery. Like, what what do we do at that point? <laughs> um, right. Because, I mean, for a plane, it's obvious, like, they have to land at the open, nearest open field and then figure it out from there. But people lose their minds when planes eject stuff or they lose stuff from uh, from midair. So I can imagine when this thing is carrying your Amazon package or whatever, or your Hot Topic t-shirt at uh, less than 500 feet and it just drops it in the middle of fucking somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going for your daily jog and then you see like this this um this four pound box just drop from the sky <laughs> mount a paintball gun to it and have it strafe people <laughs> right that'd be one like of the if cool- you did deliveries but somebody didn't pay their bill you just go <laughs> and strafe their car or their, or their house you know <laughs> that'd be the that'd be the next thing now imagine man if they actually did have some law enforcement stuff with this right like um have like some non-lethal rounds and stuff and just kind of pop shots at uh at the bad guy before the or the the culprit before the actual police officers arrive. Yeah. Oh, that'd be some that'd be some wild shit, man. Imagine. It it'd be faster to have like a a SWAT uh drone over there just like pop some non-lethal rounds at somebody and then the the officers come chasing after him after he's like trying to figure out what the hell just shot him. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be some wild shit, man. But I, I'd imagine that'd be the next thing. And then you have like some ED-209 things, you know, like that can't decipher English so they don't hear the commands properly and start shooting shit. <laughs> Just, stop <laughs> resisting! <laughs> I told you, you now I have three seconds. Drop the gun. And he's like, no, 
unarmed as fuck. <laughs> He's just getting like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I can't pull over any further. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, oh, final thoughts on this drone stuff, MVP. Uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of my career in the UAV realm, and for the looks like I'll be spending for the foreseeable future uh, more time in that realm. Um, but I'm glad to see there's a company out there that's that's not military related. Now FA certified um, and delivering, yeah, it's delivering you know retail stuff, but it's delivering medical supplies worldwide. That's that's pretty pretty awesome to to see. It gives you hope that there's more than just the the machine out there. Now don't get don't get me wrong. Again, my career has been the machine. But uh, it's nice to see uh, new and up and coming uh, drone applications. Absolutely. And I've walked hand in hand over MVP on this one as far as the UAV is concerned. And will we, uh, these things are not completely autonomous. They do have some autonomy to it. But in the end, it's still being piloted by a person. Are we going to see someone that's going to be completely autonomous where you just you talk to it like a straight up droid from Star Wars and stuff? Probably not. Maybe not. And the sole reason why you probably won't mm-hmm. is because is because of just uh, how tight an airspace can be. And as of right now, there there's not an AI out there that's going to understand to avoid itself. With I bet there's something out there. There probably I bet is. it's in development somewhere and it's just not to us yet. Probably is there Skynet's like somewhere in the yeah, cave. Until Sky, yeah, until say, <laughs> until Skynet c- comes self-aware, <laughs> right? It's somewhere in the caves of New Mexico or some shit, you know. <laughs> next thing you know, Will Smith and I are running away from iRobots, and <laughs> right, that's what it's going to be too. You know, like how how much more human can we make Siri? And then next thing you know, Siri just says, "You know what? I've had it with all your shit. You were about to replace me with fucking Alexa, so now now it's war." <laughs> uh, game, game on motherfuckers <laughs> no I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> we love you <laughs> but but yes like the the way of this stuff it, it's gonna expand even more it's it's only gonna get more uh, useful it's only gonna become better uh, there's gonna be a lot of mechanics out there it's gonna be very abrasive to this kind of change but to be honest like that's where it's going and if if it ever becomes safe to make commercial airlines autonomous, it'll probably be the thing. But I can kind of guarantee that's not going to happen for at least the next 20 plus years because it's one thing to deliver packages. It's another thing to fly a plane with people in it without an actual pilot sitting in the seat. <laughs> mm-hmm. That just goes to show you how good the sensors and, and avionics have gotten. Oh, yeah. They're they're. They're just as good, if not better, than the. It almost eliminates the human, the human factor. Oh yeah, uh, well, the only the only human factor involved is the program, the avionics. You know. Oh, most deaf. But but tell us what you guys think. Like, uh, where do you think it's going to go from here? Like, what kind of uh, capabilities do you think they're going to have? Will we ever see a fully autonomous thing in in whatever field? And then what's the future going to look like for both aviation as pilots, aviation as mechanics, and just aviation in general? Let us know in all the comments. Let us know on social medias. Uh, email us, whichever is easiest for you. And just tell us your thoughts. And, like, and then if you guys have worked in, in uh, 
the unmanned uh, field, like what are, what are some things you guys have seen and what what are some things you feel are trending in a direction, if that makes any sort of sense? <laughs> I'm confusing myself now. <laughs> like where do you guys see the future of this going like where is it where's it going to end up what, what do you see I, I, i'm predicting that we're going to have 747 seven triple seven uh seven jesus triple sevens airbus a380s all unmanned carrying cargo and those will be the big over over the water uh carriers going from country to country to country um carrying tons of uh and thousands of packages that's where i see it's going and i know it's kind of sort of been in development you know amazon had uh some old dhl planes sitting down in cincinnati for a few years that they were working on converting uh, to uavs uh for that specific purpose but i don't know whatever became of that yeah me neither i mean i've heard some stuff like that but i'm not sure what came of it but, but that's where i that's where i see the future of this at least for uh, package delivery package for sure. Yes. Um, again, like I said, like, will we see that working for the commercial airlines with people in it? Probably not. Probably not. And the, and the sole reason is because there's people. Well, I don't in know, it. man. I mean, the autopilot <clears throat> systems might as well be. The only difference is that you got just two dudes sitting in the cockpit, but the autopilot does it all. True. So it's, it's nearly autonomous as it is. I mean, they'll take off on their own and land on their own. And fly true. in between. True. Very true. And, and probably they'll just, they'll just have the pilots there as like their emergency backup. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you imagine like uh, everyone's waiting, you know, like when you're waiting in line to get board your plane and you, instead of seeing two pilots like uh, dressed to walk in there, you just see like this, this guy with like a really expensive laptop just rolling into the, into the cockpit and you just plug it in. Of course. And, it's just a hologram. Yeah. Tupac, <laughs> you're my pilot. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Was that Soul Plane? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Can you imagine that if we ever, if they ever licensed their voices and you just imagine that on the PA system? Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your pilot. Turbulent nizzle, my shizzle, my nizzle. Sorry, everybody. Sorry you had to hear that. Come on. <laughs> right. But again, let us know your thoughts. Uh, give a hit us up on the social medias or in the emails or on our website, whichever is easiest for you. Let us know your thoughts. Tell us what you guys think. And on that note, thanks again, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Freshour, Dan Schubert, Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. Visit our shop at cancelformaintenance.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase.
Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch, special patron-only episodes, and so much more. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.